This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altima Enterprise. I'm talking to Katherine Hawkins of Schoharie. She was close friends with the late Jack Daniels, a pacifist, who wrote a book in 1999 called Discovering the Forgotten History of African Americans in Schoharie County. Hawkins has led the first in an ongoing monthly series of discussions about Daniels and his book. She herself has a personal interest in African Americans who fought in the Civil War. Hawkins is continuing the legacy of Jack Daniels, not just by instructing others about his life as they read his book in the upcoming series, but also by continuing his work as a peacemaker. I'm in this amazing building across from the Stone Fort in Schoharie to talk to Katherine Hawkins. Thank you for coming here, Catherine. Thank you for having me uh, in beautiful Schoharie County, a wonderful place to visit and even a better place to live, if I might say. How long have you lived in Schoharie County? Uh, I bought my farm in 1984, late 1984. So that puts you at 40 years. Oh, wow. And what kind of a farm is it? uh, A non-operating farm. I raise crows and groundhogs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, what brought me to Catherine was this amazing book. And it is called Discovering the Forgotten History of African Americans in Schoharie County by Jack Daniels. And I called up the museum because they're running a series starting on Thursday of book discussions on this. And I said, oh, I'd like to get in touch with Jack Daniels. And Melinda McTaggart said, that's going to be hard. He's been dead for 20 years. So we're going to hear, first of all, from Catherine about who was Jack Daniels. Well, uh, if I might uh, first talk about the uh, the program we're putting on. Yes, I, yes. Um, it, it's a collaboration between the Schoharie County Historical Society, uh, housed here in the Old Stone Fort uh, complex, and uh, Peacemakers of Schoharie County, of which I am a member and of which Jack Daniels was not only a member, but the founder of Peacemakers of Schoharie County. And uh, Jack, over his career, uh, after leaving his, uh, his uh, profession, uh, wrote a n- number of books, uh, such as the uh, Discovering the Forgotten History of African Americans in Schoharie County, uh, wrote about peacemakers of Schoharie County, a history from 18, uh, I'm sorry, 1967 to 1994, and uh, another book, Loving Nonviolence and Inner Peace, uh, which was a lecture uh, that he gave at uh, Peacemakers uh, Peace and Justice Forum that we used to hold at the Iroquois Indian Museum, which is also in the county and a wonderful place to visit. 
uh, and he, he wrote Little Adventures and Big Causes of a Schoharie County Octogenarian, uh, which was in many ways about his letters to the editor, in which he would talk about the peace that he would find and the comfort he would find in nature and also would, would address uh, uh, his uh, social justice causes such as uh, he's against the de death penalty, against uh, nuclear weapons, and against war. And then he published uh, numerous other uh, items which were basically um, religious tracts that called for faith and uh, uh, peace uh, and nonviolence and that sort of thing, love and whatnot. And um, I, I, in, in putting together my part of the program, which is uh, starting Thursday, as you mentioned, at uh, the uh, First Presbyterian Church in Schoharie at 7 o'clock in the evening in the uh, main chapel, uh, putting that together, I wanted to discover uh, the influences on Jack uh, in his life that led him to write this particular book. And uh, first starting with his education, he went to the Lincoln School of the Teachers College at Columbia University in New York City, and then Dartmouth College uh, for his undergraduate degree in political science and economics, and later at Harvard University and SUNY Albany for graduate studies. And probably his main and certainly his initial uh, influence was his father, John Daniels, uh, who in uh, 1914 published a book titled Freedom's Birthplace, A Study of the Boston Negroes. And uh, the, the uh, introduction uh, to that book was written by Robert Archie Woods, who was born 1865, died 1924. Uh, 25, I'm sorry. Uh, and he was an American social worker who founded the first uh, settlement house in Boston. And uh, he took pioneering uh, surveys of ethnic communities, which helped to create institutions of social work. And he was a, a f follower of Christian socialist ideas. And this, uh, of course, uh, uh, Mr. Woods was probably a teacher of John Daniels, and John Daniels was certainly a teacher of his son, Jack. Jack had a lifelong interest in African Americans inherited from his father, and he stated this directly. Uh, he does state it in the book. He also harbored the same Christian socialist ideas. And uh, he had Jack had a deep and abiding faith, and he he instructed us in this book uh, by telling him that he hopes there will be others who will wish to add to or amend the historical record, also to keep it up to date. And that's uh, why this program will be calling upon uh, three historians, one being myself uh, and a genealogist. Uh, as well as the complex of the old stone fort for its uh, resources of, of 
historical research. Uh, Jack was born in Baltimore on May 16th, 1916, and raised in New York City. His parents were John and Carolyn uh, Dornbach Daniels. He married uh, Louise C. Gray in 1938 uh, and uh, was with her until her death in 2007. He worked for the New York State for 30 years in the Budget Division of Public Works, Department of uh, Audit and Control, and during that served as an advisor on budgeting to the countries of Pakistan, Iran, and Turkey. He retired at the age of 52 to devote time uh, to working for world peace and racial equality. Uh, he became an active in Quaker affairs and sought a spiritual life, and from that helped form peacemakers of Schoharie County. And he, uh, in 2000, became a Catholic, and this was not a a change in religion, uh, my understanding is that it was uh, because uh, of his proximity to the Catholic Church in uh, Cobleskill, which is in Schoharie County. So uh, at his old elder age, he wasn't able to travel as, as much. Uh, but he still had his Quaker beliefs and, and uh and those are of peace and and uh, love and and whatnot. Uh, I met Jack in the uh, early 1990s uh, when I began going to a SUNY Cobleskill as a student. And uh, Jack is is someone who you can't help but fall in love with because he is <laughs> he exudes peace. It's, I, I don't want to suggest that uh, that someone actually has a discernible aura around them, but if that's at all possible, Jack was was the one, and uh, he, he just in in every way talked peace and faith, and uh, and he would always uh, say goodbye by saying peace be with you, and it's it's one thing of course to talk about peace, but another is to act out peace. And he did that, and, and he was uh, a marvel of a person and had so many friends in the area. And unfortunately, he died uh, in 2012 at the age of 96. And my presentation will be talking about this and, and will, of course, ask for comments from the audience. And I'm sure there will be people in the audience who knew him better than I and can attest to. So is what everyone I've said. welcome to come to this? Indeed, everyone. And is it something you have to sign up for ahead, no, or can you no, just? No, you just show 7 up. Seven o'clock on Thursday at the church. It's open to the general public. Uh, there's no charge. I believe there will be freshmen,s unless I get to them first. Um, and. Uh, well, you answered so many of my questions. This is oh, great. I'm sorry. So, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> I So he started out as a, a society of friends, a Quaker, and then he became a Catholic because the church was nearby. Right. And um, what I'd like to focus in on, because it's so unusual to have had such a longstanding group as the peacemakers of Schoharie County. That's correct. Did you say 
it originally started in 1967 and uh, then went to 94 and then restarted again? Well, let me put it this way. Okay. Uh, people of peace have been working for peace and vigiling against war for centuries. Uh, Jack uh, uh, had lived in Albany before moving to Schoharie County, and he was very involved in the peace group, uh, various peace groups in Albany. And when he relocated to uh, to Cobleskill, and I think it was in the uh, 1980s that he did that, uh, he, he continued his work mm-hmm. uh, that he had been doing in Albany, and people already had been uh, vigiling for peace. And so he joined in with them and just, you know, it's it's almost uh, uh, a groundswell, a grassroots organization. It's it's, uh, you know, it's not well organized. It doesn't it doesn't have a a big foundation or a, uh, a bank account, you know, <laughs> it's just just uh, individuals getting together on Saturday mornings and professing publicly their belief that there's an, an, a better way to deal with the world's problems than war. We believe in demo- uh, democracy. Uh, we believe in uh Diplomacy. We believe that all human life is uh, uh, is valuable. There's an, an intrinsic uh, value to every human being, and I could go on and on. So you uh, are still getting together. This is right. every Saturday morning. This is every Saturday and where, morning. Where where do you congregate? We congregate on the corner of Main Street and Union Street in Cobleskill. And uh, we meet at 11 o'clock and, and stand there till 12. Do and you have what, signs? We or? have signs. We have flags. We have smiles. <laughs> and we're ready to answer questions. And, you know, but uh, when Jack was first in peacemakers here in the county uh, they were meeting once a month and and uh, he had protested uh, the Vietnam War but when when here in in Cobleskill uh, they were you know protesting nuclear weapons and and whatnot and and uh, wars around the world and that uh, continued through the Gulf Wars. And, so uh, did your group have a moment of sighing or satisfaction when the troops were pulled out of Afghanistan, or don't you allow yourself to rest? Well, we don't allow ourselves to rest because wars are still going on. We, we were uh, pleased that uh, the troops were brought out of Afghanistan, I'm sure, and and I'm not speaking for anyone else because we don't get together and and decide. You don't have a platform. A, it's just individual from the heart. I get it. Right. So it, it's my individual opinion, but I believe that that most of us would agree that that it was good for us to get out. Twenty years is 
way too long. We didn't want them to go there in the first place. And uh, uh, we think it could have been handled better. But then again, we believe it shouldn't have been started in the first place. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the, uh, the first weekend of October 2001, and this is not long after 9-11, uh, we determined that that uh, the U.S. is going to bomb Afghanistan, and we were totally against that. We were of the belief that, that the attack of 9-11 did not call for us to go to war, that we could have uh, gone through legal channels to uh, and processes to uh, bring the perpetrators to justice and... Uh, and we wouldn't have gotten into a 20-year uh, quagmire, and we certainly wouldn't have gotten into Iraq. Uh, we believe there are better ways to, to uh, deal with disagreements in between countries. Um, do you have a sense standing out there in that corner? You do this in all weather. All you do weather. this. Do you have yeah. a sense that it's making a difference? It, you, it's the people that pass by you that must be influenced by it. Do you have a sense that there's like a growing consciousness in Cobalt's skill and in the surrounding area? Well, yes. Let, let me say that that uh, as I said before, Jack uh, and his initial group of peacemakers met once a month. Uh, at uh, the first weekend of October 2001, we began meeting every Saturday, and we've been doing that for 20 years. So it's well over a thousand consecutive Saturdays, and yes, it is in every type of weather. Uh, as to whether we're successful, we haven't stopped a war yet. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'd have to say we haven't stopped a spousal ab uh, abuse situation either. And so so we're not looking to do that. What, what we did from the very beginning was present to the public a different narrative. In other words, uh, it seemed most people were eager for war, eager for revenge, and eager to... Uh, bring death and destruction upon another country. And by us standing there, we were presenting a different narrative. So that would obviously make people passing by think that maybe what I'm hearing on the radio and seeing on TV day after day may not be the whole story. So we were presenting a different story. You must get very close to the other people. How, how, how many are in that core group that, that come out every Saturday, no matter the weather? Well, it's usually eight, ten, something like that. Sometimes it's fewer, uh, sometimes it's more. I think we've had as many as 80 or 100 Oh, probably yeah. when current events are yeah. Um, yeah. sparking. Yeah. So um, do you ever get criticized or get people passing by that say absolutely. rude things absolutely the the uh, i guess the most common uh comment to us is get a job and most of us are retired so that's kind of silly and and it doesn't uh, offer any solution for the problem of war uh we're told that that uh that veterans have fought for our right to be there, so go home and shut up. 
which is not what free speech is. Uh, and there are some occasionally people will stop by and and discuss things and and we welcome that. Uh, we're interested in hearing what people have to say, and we hope that they're willing to uh, to listen to what we have to say as well. But we we do it peacefully. We uh, we want to discuss. We don't want to argue. Uh, and most people are uh, neighborly about it. Well, I'm in awe of your uh, persistence. I feel like we should discuss some about the book, and I know. Indeed, please. Yeah, <laughs> I now that we know a bit about Jack Daniels, it really adds another layer. Because um, I was struck, you know, this was self-published, and he has in the back that any money he makes from it will go to the civil rights movement. So he clearly, you know, was not doing this for his own self-interest, but this whole layer of his father. The things I just picked out, one, two, three, four, five things that I hadn't known and maybe should have that struck me is really important for people to know. And I'll just run through those and you see if you have more to add or want to comment on these. One is everybody calls, you know, this Goharie Valley, the breadbasket that fed the revolution. And what Jack Daniels did was he documented the role that African Americans had in that. He looked up and found that 300, there were 340 families in the valley then. 140 of them had slaves. And these workers were producing that wheat that fed George Washington's troops. Yeah, and then I was just, the most stunning thing in the book for me was he, just some friend, I think, knew he was interested in this and writing about it and saw in a picture framing store this amazing document from 1845. Mm -hmm. And he has a... a picture of that document just beautifully written you know that kind of script that none of us can write anymore I'm flipping through trying to find the exact wording and I can't find the page but it was calling for a meeting this is in 1845 before the Civil War but after the slaves had been freed in New York and they used phrases like brothers of the dusky brow sable sons of Africa gathering together to discuss the speedy amelioration of the condition of the black race. And I just love that wording. I just love that idea, the sense of pride and getting together to fight for what what you should have. That, I mean, I don't know why I thought that kind of rural areas in New York State, uh, I didn't think of as like hotbeds for... Um, activism in the African-American community. So that, I thought, was stunning. Then he has, through the book, this whole thread with the AME Zion Church, which is the African Methodist Episcopal Church. African-American Methodist Episcopal. Oh, okay. Um, And so they started this school for black children in the 1850s, and... I guess that wasn't so surprising, but what became surprising to me is I had thought of the South 
is the place where public schools were segregated. I hadn't thought about New York State. And that became a public school, and it was segregated until 1903. And I found that just stunning. I had a grandmother that taught mm-hmm. school in that era. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I just, that, that to me was an eye-opener. No, and the, then the last one was the Civil War. And he went through and did this whole mathematical analysis where um, he just, you know, counted how many eligible black men through the census were living in Schoharie County at the start of the Civil War and how many served. 85.7% served the Union troops. And I just... (laughs) <laughs> and then he had the comparative yeah. numbers, which, oh boy, I mean, the percentage of the white people that served was way, 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 way much lower. Well, and that, that would be uh, uh, extrapolated across the northern states as well. Yeah, yeah, but I mean... Because blacks were fighting for their freedom. Yes, and what a grand thing to have that documented. So those are the things that most stood out for me in the book. You probably have a much closer uh, perspective on the book because you knew Jack Daniels himself and as he was working on this. Right, yeah. Well, uh, let me me, uh, go back a little ways here. Uh, We will be talking in... In these various, uh, we're doing six months of these. Once a month, uh, we're going to be talking. I, I will be leading off with a description this Thursday of of, uh, of Jack and and his uh, his writings and his book. And then we're going to be talking about potentially harmful language in the book. Uh, he uses the word squaw, but it's in a quote. Right. He, he quotes some language right. that's offensive, but he himself doesn't use that right. language. But but there there are other words too that that he does use uh, outside of quotes, and that would be the word negro, which I used earlier, and that's worthy of discussion. Uh, colored would be another, and then uh, um, I will bring in. Oh, and the N word is also. Uh, in there, in quotes, mm-hmm. and we certainly sh- will talk about that. We'll also talk about words that aren't in in the uh, the book, but are suggested by it. And one of those would be colorism, which is uh, the preference toward a lighter colored black person, and uh, and that is within the African American community. We will talk about. Uh, African-American versus Afro-American, and we'll talk about, uh, uh, you know, slavery and and those things and what slavery was here. And uh, there's an author, uh, William E. Roscoe, who wrote in, I believe, 1884, A History of Schoharie County. And in that, he talks about when slavery ended in New York State in 1828, that the black slaves were freed and went on their own to earn their own living. But he stated that they, uh, they basically failed in that because they possessed, and he says it, I quote this, they possessed a natural dislike to labor. 
Ugh. And this, of course, is, is extremely self-serving. Uh, it, on, on one hand, uh, absolves slave owners of the crime of slavery the, the, and the harm of slavery, but it also denigrates the, and excuses uh, blacks from, uh, uh, I shouldn't say excuses, it, it uh, makes it difficult for us to understand that there are other reasons why they, they might not have been successful in business on their own. One, they weren't educated in business, and, and two, perhaps the whites in the neighborhood wouldn't purchase their products, you know, but yeah, we, well, we Jack can Daniels, go into that he, sort of thing. he lists all the reasons there was an exodus. I mean, there right. was a huge exodus. I was yes, surprised. Yes, but this is before that. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was surprised at the number of African Americans that were in Schoharie Valley yeah. at and in the early, there's this wonderful, wonderful right. story. It's it's listed as a legend, and Jack Daniels did his best to try to to, to verify it. But mm -hmm. I, can I? I'll just tell this legend because I sure. just thought it was so amazing. Please. It was Perry Van Ness, who of course is the jazz musician, and I had no idea his father was from Schoharie, but he told this legend his uncle Floyd had told, and it was back in the 1700s, a slave ship had gotten caught in a storm and ended way, way north in Canada. And, you know, they came ashore, many of the enslaved people had died, many of the crew had died, there were 20 white crew members left, and 50 Africans left alive, and they were walking through the wilderness to try to get to New York because it was the closest place that would have a slave auction. And they were attacked by Native Americans, he thought Mohawk, and all of the whites were killed. The blacks were not killed. And according to this legend, you know, married into the Native Americans, had children, settled, and that then Jack Daniels goes on this genealogical support, you know, looking at um, Native Americans that were married to African Americans, trying to, like, see where the legend had. Right. Well, well Jack Daniels' father, John, uh, in the first chapter of his book deals with uh, or addresses that situation of the intermarriage. Uh, it's, it's maybe a sympathetic feeling, a connection between blacks and Native Americans because blacks were, were taken away from their native land and brought here, and Native Americans were driven out of their native land by European Americans, you know. So... Uh, and I'd like to go, if I may, back to the breadbasket of the revolution. Yeah, oh, yeah, you brought sure. That up. Uh, unfortunately, history has left blacks out uh, often, and and when they're spoken about, it's almost a token offering. But as as slaves, they cleared the fields in Schoharie County, they planted the seeds, they harvest, harvested the, the grain that fed the Revolutionary Army. And if that doesn't deserve mention frequently, uh, 
and they don't get credit for their efforts in winning our independence, like we thank everybody else, but we don't thank the blacks for that, I think that's a terrible injustice. And then when we talk about the Civil War, and we will in uh, the January 20th episode of this series, uh, we'll, we'll address not only the, the uh, blacks from Schoharie County who joined various regiments and fought in various battles and lost their lives and, and uh, uh, you know, in battle or to disease. Uh, and as a historian of a colored regiment myself, the, uh, I know for a fact that they were extremely instrumental in turning the tide of the war. What regiment is that? Uh, the regiment I re uh, am researching and writing about is the 3rd Regiment United States Colored Troops. And my great-grandfather was the chaplain oh of that gosh. regiment. Oh, my gosh. So this is a perfect segue into a little bit about your own family history. I happened mm -hmm. to come by here earlier to pick up the book to read, and when I talked to Catherine, she had this giant tome of Merwin family history. She opened to a page. I'm not going to tell the story. You tell the story. It's so amazing. Well, my great-grandfather, Louis Merwin Hobbs, uh, had a mother named Rachel Merwin, and her uncle was Jesse Merwin. And Jesse Merwin was a school teacher in Kinderhook, Columbia County, New York, which is not far from here. And Jesse Merwin was uh, what they call a boon companion with uh, Martin Van Buren, who at that time was an ex-president or former president, and uh, a writer named Washington Irving. And Jesse Merwin became the caricature of Ichabod Crane in uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So that's part of the fame <laughs> of my family. What a great family history. But yeah. let's go back. Is this Lewis Merwin Hobbs? Is he the same great-grandfather that was the chaplain for the third United yes, States College? absolutely. Wow. So what else do you know about him? Oh, don't get me started. Oh, just a little bit. I just last just night read the 15-page biography I've written for him in the book. He started the uh, Teachers Academy in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania in 1854, which today is Millersville University. So he had a lot of different yes. talents. He was a chaplain. He was a teacher, founder of a he college. He was a teacher. He was a pastor. Uh, he was uh, uh, part of the Freedmen's Bureau in Florida after the war. He, he uh, authored the, uh, the school bill for the state of, the, of Florida, which would uh, uh, teach freedmen to, how to teach other freedmen. And he testified before Congress about uh, insurrection being spoken on the streets of Florida and was then fired from his commission as uh, 
as a superintendent of schools in Florida. For speaking out in Congress about? About the fact that treason was being spoken on the streets of Florida following the Civil War, amongst other things. What a heritage you have. You talked about how Jack Daniels was influenced by his father. You have a whole family influencing you. Yeah, and and someday I'll make something of myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, someday. But... um, So, yeah, our time has just flown. Do you have any closing thoughts for people? This has just been fascinating. Again, we're having six episodes, and they're once a month, and they will cover different aspects of the book and uh, and the surrounding uh, monumental things that are going on, such as the feminist movement, uh, religious revivals that are influencing Uh, what's going on in Schoharie County. We'll also talk about the Underground Railroad here, uh, and and we'll also have our genealogist, uh, Catherine Adams, who will be speaking about uh, Jack's research. And and please note that Jack did not have access to Ancestry.com or Fold3 or anything like that. he didn't use the internet, so it's up to us to amend his book as he requested. And, and we will do that for whoever wishes to come and, and be interested. Oh, so that could be one of the outcomes of this series, updating oh, the book. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yes, because he yeah. mentions that several times. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's, it's in that effort that we're... We're ensconced right now. Well, it's a noble effort, and I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I got to hear about it. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Thank you.